0: Hi guys, I'm Gunnar Matheson and this is Burn Your Leggings. If you're ready to ditch the leggings and get back to your grown-up style like a grown-ass woman, then this is the show for you. I discuss developing your personal style, confidence, dogs, because I'm absolutely obsessed with them, as well as throwing in the occasional Lord of the Rings reference and bourbon-fueled rant. So if you're ready for your style to match your ambition with a brief detour into Middle Earth, let's continue. Just a heads up, this message is a little different. Now, is this primarily a style podcast? Yes, but it's also about authenticity. Today's message is quite personal for a couple of reasons. One, because this particular thing has kept me frozen in fear for so long. I'm talking years. And two, because it's something I still struggle with. And that is being beholden to the good girl narrative. The Good Girl Narrative is a term coined by the amazing Jen Harrison of the Ra Ra Collective. If you aren't following her, you should be. Go stalk her now. I'll leave her links below. But the Good Girl Narrative is how we've been conditioned. It's this mold we've been given to cram ourselves into so as not to overwhelm anyone or stand out. It's the hang-up of being agreeable all the time. And it's this thing that's not helping you. In fact, it's probably hurting you. And what does it look like to be a good girl? Well, here are a few signs. You're always smiling because you don't want to seem unfriendly. Now, if you're from a particular part of the country or depending on how your family was raised, you've experienced this. You may be across the room, catch your parents' eye, and they'll look at you and mouth the word, SMILE. And there you go. You instantly slap it on. Another thing you do is you say yes or you go along out of habit. It's a reflex. You hide how you're feeling because you don't want to upset anyone or make someone else feel uncomfortable. Another way that you might recognize you're caught in this good girl narrative is you don't just want people to like you. You need them to like you. Now, this is something that I've kind of dealt with more so than some of the other ones. And this is because it's, we're, it's because we're getting our validation from an external source instead of getting it from within. Yeah, makes sense. Here's another big sign of the good girl narrative. You're overly apologetic. Like your middle name could be Sorry. And one of the last signs I want to talk about is you're not just a giver, you give until you are completely empty, but it's done with an ulterior motive. Yes, you're, you're a kind and caring person, but you give until there's nothing left because it makes you seem helpful. And if you're helpful, then you're agreeable. And if you're agreeable, you're likable. Remember when we talked about how you need people to like you? Yeah, it's like that. This narrative is disruptive at best and harmful at worst for several reasons. The first is it hinders your self-expression. You tell yourself, oh, I could never do that. Oh, I could never wear that. Oh, I could never try that. I actually had a client use this exact phrase. Long story short, after we had um, her styling session, she created a blazer and faux leather legging combo that she wore to work. She looked great and she got a ton of compliments. She sent me the photo and she told me how great she felt in it. And she said she would have seen that type of look on the rack at a store and thought, oh, that's not for me. How often do we allow this good girl narrative of, oh, that's not for me. Oh, that's not for someone my size. Oh, well, I'm too old slash too young for that. Oh, well, that's what that's what the instabatties were. That's what IG thoughts were. That's not for me. How many times have we pulled back from what we really want because of those implanted thoughts? Yeah. Another way it's disruptive is it makes you think how you feel isn't important. That's kind of in it's. We have to keep things in perspective now. There are times when you being upset because you had to get, you know, the full fat latte instead of the one you initially ordered because they were out of your, you know, soy milk or whatever that calm down. It's not that serious. However, when we get to a point where we automatically tell ourselves there's so much more going on in the world and around me, who am I to cry over or stress about? Or get upset over we tell ourselves you don't matter what you're going through isn't relevant there's always something bigger and always something worse but that doesn't negate your pain it doesn't negate how you feel but good girls slap a smile on their face don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable don't want to show that we have emotions and we're going through something so we default to this way of thinking Another way it's disruptive is it limits your life. Now just hey, I keep I tell you in every episode I'm all about transparency. So I want you to know I am a rule follower. I am all for boundaries. If I see you've put up a guardrail, it's because I know on the other side of that guardrail there's a steep drop-off and I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going to stay on the proper side of the guardrail. If you put up a sign that says don't go over here because there are crocodiles over here, I'm going to pay, I'm going to listen to that sign and not go over there because I don't want to tangle with those crocodiles. I'm all for boundaries. But what I'm talking about is when it limits your life to the point you don't explore or experience some of the things that you want. This could be food, music, or an art show because someone may see it as extreme or even deviant. Think of it this way if you and a group of friends go to vegas and you really want to see Zumanity, but you don't speak up so you end up going with them to see blue man group that's what i mean by limits your life i've had i've had many experiences like this but one that i really think of was this long-running art show that um, used to be it was called biting the apple i always wanted to go for a while i think it was like 21 and up and at the time I wasn't old enough to go by the time I was old enough to go it was one of those things where it was oh well that seems very risque oh are you sure you want to be seen there so you drop back and you don't go even though you really really want to because that's not what good girls do and that's not where good girls go yeah Another way that this narrative is disruptive and holds us back is you dress for others rather than dressing for yourself. This can be dressing in neutrals when you would love to venture into saturated colors. Or it could be holding on to clothes and silhouettes that don't flatter you because you don't want it to appear that you're showy or immodest. Personal example, my mom has this pair of butterscotch colored slacks no that doesn't sound like it'd be terrible right well hold on let me let me give you a description these slacks are too long they're too big in the legs they're too wide they're that odd flat front that has the seam that runs like right up your um (coughs) front they're not the best looking material it's, and it's, it's the twins. The It's the material that are the twins. You know, Polly and Esther, it's not a good look. Now, she does not wear these slacks. That is, they, they hang in her closet. Trust me, that is a very good thing. But it's also a bad thing because if you're not wearing the slacks, why are you keeping them in your closet? Right? We have a running gun battle about this. These particular pair of pants. I ask her, "Mom, why are you keeping these?" Oh, well, you know, I might need them one day. I might need something I can pair them with. Yeah, but they don't fit you. You're—they're swallowing you in the legs. They're not flattering. Would you even want to wear it? Well, it's a solid color, and I might need it to. So that's one of the things we hold. She's holding on to it in the event. That she might need it because it's what, it's what every good girl needs in her closet. It's one of those quote, staple colors. As I said, we go back and forth about this, this pair of pants. I'm so sick of it. Now, note, I am not a therapist, but I know that many of us are staying home now and we have more time for reflection We have time to tackle our to-do list from the last six months. We have time to finally clean out the garage, to relearn the piano, or finally get our style together and squared away. So with this reflection, you might find that you're stuck in the good girl narrative and you're finally ready to get out, but you're not quite sure how. So here are a few questions to get you started to unwind yourself from this story. Are you intimidated by certain brands or stores? Like, do you see some brands disparagingly even though you actually like their clothes? Are you stuck in a rut of buying the same pieces from the same retailers in varying or sometimes the same colors just because it's easier? Let me ask that another way. Do you default to the safety setting of toned down colors and little or no prints because it reinforces the fact that you're not flashy, You're not showy, you're not immodest. Are you afraid to make a wardrobe purchase because you think you won't wear it because it feels like it's too bold, too different, too out there compared to what you usually wear? What have you told yourself to rationalize not making your style a priority. Have you told yourself, Oh, well, that's shallow. It's too time consuming. There are more important things going on in the world than what I'm wearing. Last question I want you to ask is, what do you love about you? This is a big one, because if you struggle to find the things you love about you, then that means you're relying on external forces to determine what you love about you. And that's a slippery slope. I say that from personal experience. So now that we've got some of our questions to help us kind of break out of this good girl narrative and rediscover us and how amazing we are and start down a new path, here are a few tips that you might find helpful along your way. One is share your voice of dissent. This doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. It doesn't mean you tell somebody, screw you and the horse you rode in on. You don't have to. It just means if you have a differing view, you have permission to share it. And it doesn't have to be something radical. It can be something small. For instance, if you and a group of friends go to dinner and someone says, oh, I'm just going to order, you know, this uh, side of asparagus for everybody's meal since it's family style and you don't like asparagus, you can say it. Say, uh, I'm not really crazy about asparagus. I'm going to go ahead and get the cauliflower bake. That way, if anybody else wants some, they can share. Something that simple of you saying, that's not my preference, and I'm going to do my own thing, even if it's cauliflower, is a big deal. Again, I speak from experience. A second tip is exercise, people. I'm not talking about a beach body workout i mean get rid of those toxic ass people in your life if you've got someone that sends you on an all expenses paid guilt trip whenever you tell them no remove them get a broom sweep them out of here the energy it takes just to keep yourself on an even keel around them is so exhausting It's hard for you to put that energy anywhere else, and we don't want that. Another tip is give yourself time. If you, like me, spent years in this cycle, it's not going to be broken overnight. So give yourself time to get comfortable voicing your opinion, even if it's a dissenting one. Get comfortable saying no. And give yourself allowance to feel the tension between where you are now with still kind of being stuck in that good girl narrative and where you're headed to being completely liberated and being who you were always meant to be. This liberation from the good girl narrative is going to open your life in a myriad of ways in how you interact with your relationships and how you navigate work and yes, how you approach your wardrobe That is all I have for you today. I will see you guys next time. Just remember, fashion you can buy, but style you possess. Bye-bye. If you are tired of throwing on a blouse but wearing pajama pants on video client calls, if you are done with rushing to the shops for last-minute purchases to wear at conferences because you don't have the pieces you need in your closet, If you are tired of defaulting to leggings because you are so frustrated with your wardrobe, I want to talk to you. Send me a private message on Instagram, Facebook, or here so we can finally burn your leggings.